Good evening, High Desert Word Center. How are we doing tonight? Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord together, amen, with the family of God? That's your brothers and sisters. Well, praise God. Welcome to the service. Um, Mrs. Pastor is going to kick us off with some announcements here, and we're going to have a great, great, great time tonight. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We're glad you're all here tonight. Praise God. Got four announcements to make. Women's meeting Friday night, 6.30, Victory Church is buying your dinner. So we'll talk more about that after the service, okay? Uh, funeral for Janet Wentz is this Saturday at 1 o'clock. Janet, I mean 1 o'clock. What did I say? Five, 1 o'clock. Uh, Janet is Leanne Joyce's mother. Wave at everybody, Leanne, so they see who you are. So, you know, come on out and be a support to them Saturday at 1 o'clock right here. Homeschool co-op's going great. Um, you need to, uh, if you haven't signed up your children for it, go to hdwc.org slash homeschool. And it's almost too late to sign up for sewing. This is be my second week this week coming up. So I think third week, you know, they need, if they're going to be taking sewing, they need to sign up this week, okay? Because third week i got to cut the line off because I can't go back and teach everything all over again. Correct the moon, though. Okay, hallelujah. All right, good times, folks. All right, very, very, very good. Who's enjoying the cooler weather we've got going on here, man? Wow. Man, Sunday, I, that was hit and miss. I didn't know if I was going to make it, but the Lord brought me through. Somebody say amen tonight. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. We're going to have Pastor come up for our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. What do we call that, High Desert Word Center? Happy time because God absolutely loves a cheerful love giver. Amen? Amen. A cheerful giver. Okay, let me check out the cheer level. All right, we are excited. Amen. Let's just act like we'd act if California officially said all the churches could be open. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm speaking it every day. How about you? Every day I'm praising God and thanking him that the churches of California are open in the name of Jesus. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. Hold up your hand, you need an offering envelope. And uh, let's one more time give a cheer for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want you to look at two, two Bible verses. It's going to help you. Look at Romans 8, 14. And look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. Romans 8, 14. 1 John 5, 7. I'm going to give you a little faith lesson. A little faith lesson to mix faith with your tithes, with your offering. Romans 8, 14. Let me know when you're there. Amen. Give an amen or something when you can see that verse, either on the screen or in your Bible. Amen. Anybody else find it yet? All right. It says, for as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. And what that means there is not talking about uh, necessarily boys and girls. That son, that son right there for sons of God talks about a mature Christian. You're maturing when you're able to be led by the Holy Spirit. How many in here would like to be led by the Holy Spirit more and more in everyday life and be able to make your decisions knowing this is what God wants me to do? And would you say... I feel led to do this. It's not just your emotions, but it's actually the Holy Spirit in you leading you to do it. Amen. Everybody wants more of that, right? All right. Now I want to show you another verse that goes right hand in hand with that. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. And I'll tell you what, for the times that we live in, we need to more and more accurately know the leading of the Holy Spirit. I think about the world we live in. You know, I know that uh, that back when I was coming of age, it was the Vietnam War days. And during the Vietnam War, a lot of my friends went over there, and I, I, I never had to go. But one guy that I worked with for, man, years and years and years and years, he came, he came to the place I was at. He got hired straight out of Vietnam. And uh, he, 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 was, he had full disability because he's in a minefield. And only one time did he ever tell me the story. 
there was three guys or whatever it was on their hands and knees went to these minefields in Vietnam, and one of them was the point man. The point man was the guy at the point, and then the others behind him. But anyway, on his team, everybody got blew up except him, and he lost, he lost a lot of his ability. His physical body got maimed pretty bad. He was in the hospital for months and months and months. But it was a minefield, and they was feeling their way through it, and that's the way the world is today. We're in a minefield today, a spiritual minefield. And every step we take every day, there's so much stuff going on that the Holy Ghost wants to lead us and be our point man to take us safely through life. He wants to lead us. He wants us to know in our heart, you're supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do this. You're supposed to go here, you're not supposed to go here. It's time, it's time to do this, it's time to, the Holy Spirit says that he wants to lead us, but look at 1 John 5, 7. And you've got to know this. For there are three that bear record or witness in heaven, the Father, the Word. How many know that Jesus is the Word? Amen. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, these three are one. And what that means is this. God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the living Word, and the Holy Spirit are always in agreement. And I said that to say this. If you want to be more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, always obey the word of God that you've learned. Always obey the word that you know because the spirit of God inspired the word of God. He's the one that put in the hearts of the men that wrote the words of the Bible, the Holy Spirit put in their hearts what to write that we read. So when we read the word of God and then we say, I'm going to obey that, that we're drawn near to the Holy Ghost. And the more, now get this, I learned this years ago from Brother Hagin, the more that we instantly obey the voice of our spirit, the word of God in our spirit, the more sensitive we become to his leadings. Because when you, when you disobey what you know to do, you're grieved with the Holy Spirit. And when you grieve the Holy Spirit, you become calloused on the inside. So anyway, the more, the more we obey what we know to do with the Word of God, it may not be some great big voice you hear or something you know, but you know what the Bible says, to love, you love. Amen? The Bible says resist sin, you resist sin. You're obeying the Word of God, you're obeying the Holy Spirit. And the Bible talks about tithing, talks about giving. And so when we as Christians do what we know the Word of God says do in our tithing life, that causes us to be more sensitive in other areas like where it wants to lead us. And so just always know this. When you, when you hear the Word of God taught and it hits your heart, you think, wow, I didn't know that was in the Bible. I'm going to start doing that. Well, you're obeying the Holy Spirit. But I just want to say it one more time. The Word and the Spirit always agree. And so whenever you're making decisions in life, you'll never go wrong by obeying the Bible. And when you obey the Bible, you're getting more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Say this to me. Say, I will always do what I know the Bible says to do. And I will become more sensitive every day to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, let's make our financial faith confession. And then we can bring our tithes and offerings up and we'll worship God. And then Pastor Dave... As he always says, but it's my turn. He got a hot message for you tonight. It's going to be good. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off. Debts paid off. See blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's all stand up and worship the Lord together.
of the Lord. Amen. I just imagine that day in heaven when we're finally there at the throne of God and we see a multitude of people just singing the praises of God together. People from everywhere in the world that submitted and gave their lives to Jesus and, 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 and bowed their knees and confessed his name. We're all going to be there singing praises to God together. That's going to be just the most incredible moment of all time. And I'm so looking forward to that. But it's nice when you get a little glimpse of, of the future right here on earth. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing to be in a church together, singing praises to God with fellow Christians, with brothers and sisters. Tell you what, Satan doesn't like that. 
He has his worst nightmare. There's a bunch of Christians unified, singing praise to God. He'll do anything and everything he can to stop that. But we, we say in the name of Jesus, we will never stop that. We will sing his praises until our final breath or until he comes and, and just takes us out of this place. But thank you, Jesus. We praise your name and we lift your name high tonight. Thank you, Jesus. There's nobody like you. There's nobody even in the same league as you. There's nobody anywhere near being equal to you. And we thank you and we praise you, Lord. We love you so much. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. Amen. Amen. God is good to us. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I just I love uh, getting into the presence of God because the book of Psalms tells us that that's the shelter of the Most High. That's the shelter of God when we're simply in his presence. And like my dad was talking about, it's like a minefield out there. There's bombs going off everywhere, but we're safe when we're in the shelter of the Most High. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. All right. Well, the title of the message tonight is this, Never Quit. Any quitters in the house tonight? Scanning the crowd. All right. All right. Good. That's good. We don't want any quitters in the house because there's the old saying, I think Vince Lombardi said it, but winners never quit and quitters never win. And that may sound like, yeah, I've heard that a million times, but I can tell you right now, as I said just a minute ago, Satan wants you to quit. Do you realize that? That right now, 2020, crunch time, the end of the world, Satan would love for Christians, would love for people everywhere to finally say, you know what, I can't anymore. I just quit. I'm going to give up and I'm going to have to go do my own thing. That is Satan's number one goal. A lot of people, and I've said this before, but they think, man, of the devil just wants to kill me. And, and listen, that's not his ultimate number one goal. I mean, from what I understand and from what I really believe in my heart, his number one goal isn't to just come and straight up kill an on-fire born-again Christian because, hey, you can't threaten a Christian with death, right? We just get to go to heaven. You don't, don't threaten me with a good time, man. I'm not afraid of going to heaven. I'm looking forward to it. But this is Satan's ultimate number one goal. He would love to shake you so hard that you quit, that you let go of God. In fact, Jesus was talking to Peter one time, and he said, Simon, Simon, listen to me right now. You've got to pay attention. Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I am praying for you, Simon. I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. Now, what does it mean to sift? Well, to sift, the literal definition means you are separating from that which is useful. Now, there's lots of, you know, different ways of sifting, but I know when I worked in the restaurant industry, we would we'd get had this big old sifter for sifting the flour. We'd shake it as hard as we could and get all the old clumps out, and we would separate it. And Satan wants to take every Christian that he can right now and violently shake your life this way and that way. And his ultimate goal is not that it will kill you. It's that it will separate you from Jesus, that which is useful, and you will quit. And then, perfect timing. Then he's fine if you die. Then if you're not connected to Jesus, great. Now that I got him to let go, because there is nothing worse than this when somebody can look at your life and say, Yeah, don't tell me about Jesus. She used to talk about it all the time. Now look at her. She turned her back on. She gave up. She doesn't even talk about Jesus anymore. You tell me, tell want to talk to me about faith? I don't think so because I can see what she did. I can see how he gave up. That is a trophy. That's another notch in his belt. That's what Satan wants to do. And I've made up my mind a long time ago. Jesus never quit on me, even though I've deserved it just a couple of times. I am not going to quit on Jesus, not ever, but especially not now. You can't make me quit. You're going to have to kill me first, and then I'm just going to heaven. So listen, we don't quit. Say that with me. We don't quit. We refuse to quit. And I like what, even when things get hard, but Winston Churchill said this, when you're going through hell, keep on moving. Don't stay there. Never, never, never give up. And I love that quote because so many people, they may be going through the valley. They may be going through the hard time. And they're like, 
Well, this looks like a good place to set up camp for the night. They get their tent out, they get their supplies out, and they decide that they're just going to camp in the valley for a while. But I refuse to camp in the valley. I'm going to the mountaintop, right? Amen? And so don't stay there. Man, this is just uh, this is the, the worst thing. This is the hardest time I've been through. Then keep on moving, but don't decide that you're just going to live there from now on. Keep on moving, all right? And so I've got a few things that we're going to say tonight, going to look at some verses, but my desire and my goal is to be an encouragement to you tonight. And you're like, well, I don't need any encouragement. I'm doing great. Well, just wait because the devil would love to come and change that real quick. But listen to me. I want to encourage you. I want to build you up. I want to renew the desire within you that you are not going to quit. Even if everybody else does, you're sticking with it. Amen? So let's pray. We're going to dig into the Word of God tonight, and I believe that God's speaking to you. Yes, you. God's speaking to you tonight if you'll listen. Amen? Jesus said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now, he wasn't talking about these flaps on the side of your head. Everybody's got those. He's talking about spiritual ears. If you've got a spiritual ear to hear, tonight's your night. Listen up. God's going to say something to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, so much for who you are. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our lives already. And we know, God, that Satan, just like you said to Peter, Satan has desired to sift some people like wheat. He's trying to shake their lives up and separate them, Lord, from the rest. But we declare tonight that that is not going to happen to anybody in this building, anybody listening to this message online. We thank you, Lord, that we refuse to quit. And you're going to take us, Lord, to the next level in our lives. We're only going forward. We're never going back. We declare that tonight in the name of Jesus. Everybody said? So number one is this. Number one, everyone has mountains to face. Have you noticed that? Everybody has trouble. What's that old song? Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> Listen, yes, they do. And I don't make light because... I mean, I, I know you guys, some of you guys have been through some legit stuff, and I don't make light of that, not one bit. But I'm telling you right now, everybody has mountains that they have to face. Now, you, you know, the, yours may be different. Yours may be over here. Theirs is over there. But that doesn't matter. Never believe the lie that nobody knows the trouble you've seen. Nobody knows what you've been through. Nobody's ever had it as bad as you have had it. That's a lie from Satan don't listen to that baloney. That's going to kill you if you'll give in to that. So look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. Who's glad they came to church tonight? Amen. This is your midweek refresher. You've been out there in the world. This is your midweek refresher. We're just going to wash you off a little bit. Amen. We're going we're gonna to speak the word into your life. We're going to fire you up so you can make it till Sunday. We'll do it all over again. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and I'm going to look first of all in the King James. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and, and man, I use this verse a lot because there is so much in this verse that we have got to get a hold of. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful that's good i mean i could end right there and i could go home a happy man but god is faithful wouldn't it be bad if it said man there's no there's troubles there's temptations everybody goes through them period it doesn't say that it says but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it now, that word temptation, the Greek word, it means trials, troubles, tribulations, temptations. It's a fourfold word. It means a whole bunch of stuff. And so when I read this verse, I can say the troubles in my life are no different than what everybody else faces. In fact, in the New Living Translation, look at this, throw it up there. The temptations, troubles, trials, tribulations in your life are no different from what others experience and God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation or trouble or trial to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, when you are troubled, when you have a trial on your hands, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. 
That's the gospel. That's good news right there, that there is nothing that can come at you in this life if you are close to Jesus that can take you down. You will win every single time. Every time, every time that you are in Christ Jesus, you're going to win. And I stand on that. I will stand by that statement until the day that I go to heaven because it tells us in 2 Corinthians, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Every single time that we are in Christ, we win the victory. And so I got to say this as I'm reading that verse, this tells me and it points out a very obvious fact that we all need to get. And that's this, that Satan loves to lie to us again and, and tell us that, man, nobody knows what you're going through. Look at all these look at all these people at that church. They've got it together. He wants to embarrass you. He wants to shame you. He wants to make you feel guilty and less than and bad and say, man, you're the only one even in there dealing with that. Why even go anymore? Why even why even pray? Why even why even stick with this stuff? You're a freak. Everybody else has it together, but you don't. And it tells me right there that the troubles, the temptations, the trials that I face are no different than from what everybody else is facing. That's good news. Because that doesn't mean just because I'm facing something, just because I'm dealing with something, I'm not the only one that's ever dealt with that. I'm not the only one dealing with it right now. I'm probably not the only one in this room dealing with it right now. But Satan wants to tell you that. And so I've got to tell you the truth tonight, and that's this. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Now, that may not sound like love. That may not sound like, well, I didn't come to hear that. I came to hear that, that uh, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't care what you came to hear. This is what God wants you to hear tonight, and it's this. We've got to quit feeling sorry for ourselves all the time because that's a setup from the devil. When you start to feel sorry for yourself, amen, you're not in faith anymore. Because when we feel sorry for ourselves, we begin to crave sympathy and pity. We begin to crave uh, all these other emotions and things. And there's a place for sympathy. There's a place for compassion. Jesus had those things. But eventually, we begin to rely on other people coming in to lift us up. Other people coming in to, man, oh, girl, you just have it so bad. I feel so bad for you. And we start to feed into that emotion and like, yeah, I, I just I just want everybody to know how bad I have it. And we begin to feed on those negative, unhealthy emotions, and that is not how you get victory. Your victory is found right here. Amen. And so and so Satan wants us to, to get into this trap of relying on other people to come and lift us up. And yes, we should be doing that for each other, but let's just get real. Sometimes there's nobody there to lift you up. So what do you do? You did like David did when the Amalekites came and stole his wife and kids and his own army turned on him and said, we're going to kill you, David. What did David do? It says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And so if you got to rely on other people to always be there and, and give you sympathy and, and, and cry and tell you how much worse you have than everybody else and, you, and you're just wanting to feel sorry for yourself, listen, that's not going to take you very far in life. You've got to be to the place where David was, where he's like, well, no one else is going to encourage me. They want to kill me. So I'm just going to encourage myself in the Lord my God right now. I'm going to have to build myself up. So that's a word for somebody that we've got to get to this place where we realize, man, every, I, I, I'm, going, I'm not denying that I've got a problem right now, but so does everybody else in the world right now. I'm going to have to face this thing, and I'm going to have to do it God's way, because when we begin to feel sorry for ourselves, we exit the realm of faith. And the only way that we're promised victory in the word of God is through faith, through faith. That's the only thing I've got. I know it's not like I've got a bunch of money I can throw at my problems. It's not like I've, you know, got all this arsenal, of, you know, I don't got all that stuff, but I do have this. I've got faith and I've got the word of God. And this is the weapon that I need. I don't need anything else. This is all that I need. Amen. And so I want to tell you this. Somebody said this to me, and this, I mean, this, this has meant a lot to me, that no matter what's going on right now, you've survived 100% of the worst days that you've had so far, right? You're still here. You, I mean, you know, it's like, man, I'm going through it right now. 
well, you've been through it before, and you've survived every single time. This isn't going to be the one to take you down. You've got to realize that I am not going to give up. I am not going to quit. And I can tell you this much, and I mean it with all my heart, the only way that a Christian can lose is if they quit. The only way to defeat me is if I decide to just go ahead and quit right now and just move on. Yeah, well, I, but I've known people, and, and, and they stuck with the Lord to the very end, and, 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 and they died. I've told you, man, death is not a defeat for the Christian. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So what, what difference does it make? I mean, come on, seriously. Listen, you've got to get this in your heart that, that the only way for you to be defeated is if you quit and you just, you know what, I've had enough. I'm not, I'm not going on with this anymore. You need to realize that the race that you are in, the, 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 the battle that you are in, it's all a stacked game. And it's stacked in your favor. It's not fair. God's not out there, well, it's not fair. I need to give the devil a fair chance at this race too. No, it's stacked in your favor. Imagine you're, you're in a race, you're in a competition, and, and, and God the Father's the referee. He's the commissioner. He's, he's, he's running the whole show, and you're his son. And he's not interested at all. And make well, I gotta make it fair for the devil. Gotta make it fair for his enemies. I gotta make it fair for the competition. He's not interested in that. He's only interested in you winning. Well, you may have had three strikes already, but God said it's okay. Take another swing at it. I'm right here for you. You get another chance. The devil say no, no. That he's failed too many times. And God's saying no. He gets another chance. I make the rules. I'm his dad. I wish I was preaching to a church that was excited tonight because I'm telling you right now, I'm getting excited while you're falling asleep. Maybe you've been out in the heat too long, but this whole thing is a setup, and it's set up for you to win. you got to get that. It's set up so you can win. Amen. And so everyone has mountains to face, and I'm going to say this, number two, keep climbing. Keep going forward. Now, there's this, this woman in the New Testament that, that I greatly admire, one of the best stories in the entire Bible, and it's this woman known as the woman with the issue of blood. Anyone know this story? So this lady had been bleeding for 12 years, 12 solid years. In fact, go ahead and flip over to Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5. But this lady had had constant bleeding for 12 years, what, it's like 2020, right? Imagine you've been bleeding since 2008. That's awful, terrible. And, and, and so, in fact, it says that she had gone to the best doctors around. She had gone to every doctor. She spent all the money she had, 12 years worth of money, 12 years worth of doctors. You know what it says. She didn't get any better. She just kept getting worse. She threw everything she had at it. But it just didn't get better. It only got worse for 12 solid years. But then something amazing happened. She heard of this man named Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Anybody heard of him? Come on. Maybe you've had problems for 12 years, 15 years, 20. Do I hear 25, 30, 35, 30? Okay. And so whatever's going on, when you finally hear about this man, Jesus, it's great to hear about him. But then you've got to take the next step, and you've got to go to Jesus and reach out to him. And so Mark chapter 5, verse 28, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. That's faith right there. I mean, imagine, it would be so tempting to say, well, I've gone to New York, I've gone to, you know, I've gone to L.A., I've gone to Atlanta, I've gone to, I've gone to every major, me major medical center in America, I've tried everything else. This is my last resort. Maybe if I touch him, I might be healed. No, this lady had so much faith, she said, oh, I guarantee it. If I can just touch Jesus, I will be healed. She just heard of him. Imagine you, you've been studying him your entire life, and you've got something going on. Man, if I can just get a hold of Jesus, I will be healed. He will fix this marriage. He will take care of this bill. He will help me raise these kids. I've just got to get a hold of Jesus, and it 
will happen. Hope says there's a chance it could happen. Faith says, oh, no, it will happen. Woo! Come on, somebody. Man, I'm just, I think I'm preaching to myself right now. But listen, this is faith right here when she said, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. That is an incredible woman right there. And so look what happens. Immediately she touches them. The bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Now think about that. Here's Jesus, and, 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 and he, real, he feels the power go out. He feels it. He's like, whoa, I felt that. I felt that. And I know the same thing. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know that when I touch Jesus in faith, when I reach out, he can feel that. Like, whoa. Man, what's going on down there in Barstow right now? Uh, somebody, I'm, I'm, people are reaching out everywhere, but someone in Barstow just now, they reached out in faith, and I felt that. Did you feel that? And so that's what Jesus, he feels the touch of faith. And so the disciples said to him, man, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. This is the last day that you will ever deal with that again for the rest of your life. It's over with, and it was your faith that did it. Now, you've been here a long time, so you know you know what I'm saying here, that, that Jesus didn't say, my incredible power just healed you, though it was his incredible power. We all, nobody's denying that. It was definitely the power of Jesus, but Jesus said, your faith has made you well. The power is constantly running. The power of heaven isn't like SoCal Edison, where if there's a heat wave, it goes out on you, right? Well, too many people are praying today. The, the, the lights in heaven are flickering right now. We're having a power outage. People need to just calm down. Take it easy. We know it's bad, but give us a minute to catch up. That never happens. The power is a constant circuit. It's always running, but it's up to you to take your cord and plug into that power and get the miracle that you need. Amen? And so there's never a power problem, but there seems to be a faith problem. And faith plugs in and says, I know when I plug this thing in, it's going to light up. I know that all I've got to do is plug this in, and I am going to get a miracle. And that's what this lady said. And Jesus said, you go your way. You're good. You will never, ever have this happen again for the rest of your life. Your faith has made you well. She reached out to Jesus. Now, a lot of people reached out that day. A lot of people were touching Jesus, you know, trying to get a high five, whatever, bumping into him everywhere. But only one person out of that crowd reached out in faith, and Jesus knew it instantly. And so I realize that the same thing probably holds true today. There's probably lots of people reaching out, throwing out a Hail Mary. I just hope this lands somewhere. I don't know. We'll try. We got nothing else going on. Trying it as their last. There's lots of that stuff going on. But when a person truly reaches out in faith, he knows it, and that's when miracles happen. And so I want to look at uh, an Old Testament story here, Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, we're going to look at verses 10 through 12. Who's with me still? Exodus 14, verses 10 through 12. And here we have the story of Moses. He, uh, he, he stepped up to the plate. He stepped up, and the, finally after a series of 10 plagues, 10 terrible plagues, Pharaoh decides to let the people of Israel go. And so they're released, and they're on their way. They're like, man, whoa, finally conquered that. They make it all the way to the Red Sea right there, and Pharaoh's like, wait a minute. What am I thinking? Let's get, get those guys back. So he chases them down, and they're trapped with the Red Sea on one side and the whole entire Egyptian army on the other side. They're surrounded on every side. So this is a bad situation, but look at this. Exodus 14, verse 10, 
As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, Leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Sounds like some great people of faith right there, doesn't it? I mean, I want to hang out with those guys. That, wow. No. I mean, here they are. Moses stuck his neck on the line. Moses, I mean, he went through everything, and God used him. God did it miracle after miracle and got them to this place, but the devil still wasn't giving up. He's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm going to do everything I can to keep these guys. And so they were surrounded on every side. They instantly began feeling sorry for themselves. Well, at least we, we, there's graves for us out there. We're going to die out here anyway. I mean, it turned into instant bad. But thank God they had a godly leader in their life. You need to have a godly leader in your life. I mean, that'll say, you can call, I feel like quitting. Don't quit. Don't quit. Not right now. Don't, whatever you do, don't quit right now. And so Moses, look at this, verse 13. So they're all about to kill him. They're all turning on him. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. That sounds like what Jesus said to that woman with the issue of blood. Your suffering is over. It's over. Now, there's going to be other mountains to fight. There's going to be other battles to win. But as for this, this is over. We're done with this. This is the victory right here if you won't quit right now. Verse 14, very famous verse. I, yep, it's on the wall right there. We put it up there. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. So you mean I just got to stay calm and let God fight? Yes, that's what that's what we're saying here. Just stay calm. But if you're too busy panicking and and trying to blame everybody and 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 and, and trying to blow the whole thing out, I quit. I quit. you're going to lose. The Lord Himself will fight for you. You just got to stay calm. I'm like, well, I can handle that. I mean, if that's that's what I got to do, just stay calm. And so, of course, we know what happens next. Look here at verse 21. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. Verse 22, so the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. So you could have an army on this side. You could have an entire ocean on this side. And God said, that's fine. Hey, no problem. I've got this. Just stay calm and watch what I'm about to do. And God can make a way where there seems to be no way. God can part the sea. God can crush the mountain and throw it into the sea. God can do whatever he has to do to get you to the other side if you just won't quit. Think about that. He said, I'll fight for you. You just stay calm. When David faced Goliath, he said, whoa, well, no, the battle is the Lord's. Everyone's looking, you aren't strong enough, you can't do it. I know that. Duh. Obviously, I can't take this giant. But the battle isn't mine. The battle is the Lord's. I'm not counting on how good I am. I'm not counting on how smart I am. I'm not counting on how strong I am. I'm counting on how strong God is. And that's why I can face my foes. I can face anything that comes against me with pure confidence and know that I'm going to win Always in Christ Jesus. Verse 26. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Take that enemy. Take that devil. You're going to, the, the very thing you thought was going to trap me is going to trap you. Verse 28, then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh, of all, listen to this, of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one 
survived. Not one. Think about that. This is incredible. All these guys, millions, chasing them down. God crushed every last enemy that was after them. Well, but I, you know, he never seen nothing like this, man. I'm telling you what, right now I'm going through, and this is going on, and they said that, and this is going on. The troubles you face are no different than what others face, but God is faithful. He will not allow the trouble, temptation, trial to be more than you can stand, but will, with every trouble, make a way of escape so that you can endure. Somebody should be excited about that verse right there. Amen? That God's got your back. And so what if, what if Moses had let the people quit when they wanted to quit? Man, I mean, that, that, would, be, that would be the saddest moment in history right there if Moses said, you guys, you know what, you're right. I'm out of here. You're on your own. I've got, I got better stuff to do anyway. Quit. See if I care. Go ahead. It's your life anyway. I don't care. Go ahead and quit. But he didn't take that out. He said, no, you're not going to quit. Just stay calm. God's going to do the fighting. You just got to stay calm and keep your mouth shut and not quit. Man, if we could just get to that level. All right? And so the third thing I'm going to say tonight is this. God is able. Who knows that? That God is able. Now, to take it a step further, it's that God is willing. God is able and he's willing. Because it does us no good if God is able, but he's not willing. The good news is God is not only able, God is willing to help us and get us out of any mess that we go through. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Romans 8, verse 31. Who knows what this says? All right, that's cool. That's good. Romans 8. <laughs> Renee knows. She just doesn't want to raise her hand right now, right? Am I right? Tony knows. Come on. You guys, you guys know this stuff. This is the good stuff. We saved some home run verses right for the very end. You, you know this stuff. Romans 8. Verse 31, man, I love Romans 8, dude. I used to read this chapter every day. I carried a little uh, uh, pocket New Testament from the Gideons. Every day, everywhere I went, I had my pocket New Testament. I worked at FedEx, and you weren't, you know, you weren't allowed to bring your phones in there. You're still not, but, and that's a good thing, all right? You don't want someone sending your box to Tokyo just because they were playing you know, whatever on their phone. So anyway, but we weren't allowed to bring phones or anything. So if there was downtime, man, I'd sit down, I'd pull the Bible out, and I'd read Romans 8 over and over and over and over again. And you can't read these verses. I don't mean, if this doesn't excite you, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Romans 8, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm going to say that one more time. Jose, they didn't get it, all right? I'm not, I'm not being mean, but they didn't get that. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who cares who's against us? Yeah, they invented a new disease this year, man. You don't even know. If God's for me, who can be against me? What can be against me? Nothing can take me down because I am in Christ Jesus, and if God is for me, who can be against me? Well, how do you know God's for me? I'm his son, man. Think he's against me? I'm not against my own kids. What kind of freak is against their own kid? Man, I'll tell you what, he's, she's my daughter, but I don't, I don't like her. I don't want her to win. I'm totally against her. Yeah, he's my son. I don't care if he wins. See if I care. Let him quit. Man, that's not the father I know. The father I know is for me. He's on my side, and I'm on his side. So, I, man, people say the stupidest thing. Yes, brother, you, it says that, but how do you really know that God is on your side and you are on his side? How can we know the will of God, brother? Man, get away from me, weirdo. Don't touch me. That's sick. People say junk like that. Man, that's disgusting that you would claim that that this— I mean, come on, that is sickening that somebody would say something stupid like that. How can you know the will? I can tell you, I know the will of God very well because I read it every single day. His word is his will. Well, how do you know he wants to heal you? Because he already provided for the healing. First Peter 2.24 says, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Third John 2 says, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. 
So when I say something like, God wants me to be blessed, God wants me to have the money that I need, well, brother, I don't know, how could you say that? I didn't say it, his word said it. Anyway, I'm just, hey, there's some weirdos out there, people, look out for them, because they say dumb stuff like that, and then Christians believe it. That was Romans 8, 31, how about verse 37? Verse 37, it says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What are you? Me? Oh, I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved us. Well, what makes you think you can say that? Conquerors can say whatever they want to say. And I'm not just a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Well, aren't you ever tempted to quit? Not with Jesus on my side, man. I would never, I'm never going back to what I used to be, to what I came from. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved us. He loves me. He's on my side. I'm his son. Jesus is my big brother. I come from a wonderful family of royalty. Amen. Some people got to get that revelation. And here's the last one. All right, I'm just we're going to do you a real solid tonight and just give you one more verse to stand on. Ephesians 3.20, King James. Ephesians 3.20 in the King James. You need to know these verses. I hope you wrote these down. Ephesians 3.20. So I'm talking about don't quit. Everybody faces mountains. Keep on climbing. Number three, God is able. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that what? Now unto him that what? Is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is available at the moment. No, according to the power that worketh in us. Well, what's the power that works in you? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives right on the inside of me and on the inside of you. God is able to not only do what I pray for, but to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think. So what am I saying tonight? I'm saying never, ever, ever quit. If you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop and stay there. Keep moving and go through it until you get to the other side, until the sea is parted, till the mountain's thrown out of the way, until he crushes the army against you, whatever the case is. Keep on moving. Never, ever, ever, ever quit. And he's never going to quit on you. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. God is good. We're going to go ahead and bring it in for a landing right there. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together. Let's stand up together. Amen. We're going to say goodbye to our internet friends there. Sayonara. We'll see you later.